Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. Walt and I look forward to this time with you every week, and we thank you for listening to our podcast, Walk with God. It is truly our desire that each of us, you as listeners, but Walt and I also, that we spend regular time with the Lord, time in His Word, considering what His Word tells us to do, and then how do we actually apply the truth that we are studying, that we're reading, that personal head to heart, because truly it is a personal relationship with the Lord, and it is our desire to encourage you in your walk with God. Well, as we continue with the theme of living water, today we want to turn into our Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah is often called the weeping prophet. He was given a very difficult assignment. He was told by God, share the message of judgment with the wayward people of Israel, You know, they'd lived in this land now for 800 years. They'd been there for a while. And, you know, it's about 600 B.C. That's when Jeremiah is prophesying. And really, one of the reasons we call him the weeping prophet is is because a number of times in his book, we're told he's weeping. And also, there's not going to be repentance. The, the judgment is coming. And we've had multiple kings. They've ruled both from the, the capital city of Jerusalem and the southern two tribes, especially once the, the tribes split. But they, the nation has been divided, 10 tribes to the north, and they've already been carried into captivity by the Assyrians about 100 years earlier. That's what the prophet Isaiah prophesied about. And now we have these two tribes remaining in the south, and, and the remnant that had come down from the north. The two tribes mainly are Judah and Benjamin there in the south, and they're facing imminent destruction by the Babylonians. And as we have that history that's set for this book, we turn now to Jeremiah 2, and we begin with this. The word of the Lord came to me, that's Jeremiah, saying, go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord. And I just want to pause here. God's word is true, and God is speaking. These are the Lord's words. He says, I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride. Have you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown? Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. It's interesting in the Old Testament because God refers to Israel as his bride, Yahweh's bride. Whereas in the New Testament book, especially in the book of Ephesians, we read Paul's words where he refers to the church, which now includes the Jews and the Gentiles, those who have believed in Christ are referred to as the bride of Christ. But we see in these opening verses in Jeremiah 2, words of endearment. 
Think of this, the devotion of your youth, the love as a bride. You know, we just went to a wedding on um, Saturday evening and, you know, the groom was just in tears as his bride came down the aisle with her, his father. And, you know, even as you say that, I mean, everyone's looking at the bride and she's looking great and she's coming down. And just, I always look at the groom. I want to <laughs> see what he's looking at as he looks up and says, my life's going to change in just a few minutes forever. And I love the look on, on this guy Daniel's face and just his his joy and the rapture and the the excitement that, that was going to be occurring just as he, he changed his whole life coming. That's what we were to have with God. That's what he says. But I also, as you're saying the groom, I just think of the beauty of a bride's face as she's glowing and that smile as she coming down the aisle, uh, the love as a bride. You know, part of this devotion and love, Israel followed the Lord into the wilderness. Um, they were devoted to him. They they were trusting him and God came through for them. You remember these past few weeks, we've been tracking with Israel as they departed from Egypt. He provided for them. He protected them. He cared for them in every possible way as they wandered in the wilderness. Israel was chosen by God. They were set apart and they were to be holy to the Lord. And with that privilege of relationship, this intense personal relationship that's being compared to a, a groom and his bride with that also comes responsibility there's to be faithfulness there's to be a commitment to that and that's why as we continue reading jeremiah 2 um, it just is so sad um, let me let me continue reading with verse 4 hear the word of the lord o house of jacob and all the clans of the house of israel thus says the lord and again that's that prophetic pronouncement when when we have that phrase thus says the lord what wrong did your fathers find in me when they went far from me none continuing and they went after worthlessness and they became worthless they did not say where's the lord who brought us up from the land of egypt and just who led us into the wilderness into a land of deserts and pits in a land of drought and deep darkness in a land that none passes through where no man dwells that well, where is the Lord? Well, he was right there with them. They had the presence through the Ark of the Covenant and the tabernacle. They had the presence of this pillar of fire and this cloud, of this shadow that would, would go right with them. They didn't have to say where the Lord. They knew right where he was. Well, continuing in verse 7, God says, I brought you into a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and its good things. But when you came in, you defiled my land. You made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Those who handled the law, they didn't even know me. The shepherds, the shepherds for the house of, 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 of Israel, they transgressed against me. And the prophets, they prophesied by Baal, and they went after things that do not profit. They couldn't say, where's the Lord? The Lord was there, and you can't say, where's the Lord? That's what's Jeremiah's point. You you should know that you have promises that God made to you, but you've defiled my land. You've turned this wonderful heritage into evil. And really, even the failure is laid at the feet of not just everyone. Yes, everyone kind of was led astray, but they were led. They were led by these 
priests and these spiritual leaders, the Levites, those who handle the law, and their spiritual shepherds that were to watch over them and to lead them into godliness were not doing that. And then lastly, if you find Jeremiah is going to be confronted by false prophets, and he's going to be punished as a true prophet of God. I mean, this is a very personal message. That whole idea of where privilege comes, especially in these intense relationships, um, comes responsibility. God will discipline his children for their irresponsible behavior, but especially this is laid at the feet of spiritual leaders. And this is a head-to-heart that becomes real principle, real real personal for for Brenda and and me. Um, You know, for over 35 years, we've had the privilege of serving in various ministry positions at various churches, um, teaching the Word of God, taking people to Israel. We've had such a privilege, but with that comes responsibility. Every time we teach, every leadership position we're in, God is watching. He's evaluating. Are we doing it faithfully? Are we leading people into a closer relationship with the Lord? Or are we doing it to just do whatever we want to do and make our name great? And that's a warning that, that, Brenda, you and I have prayed about and take very seriously. Yeah, and right here, I, I want to just note the forgetfulness of the people and and we can be that can happen in us too you know yeah. we can be guilty of that as well right so it's it's not just the people it's it's the leaders but for each of us as as we're considering this passage today just asking those questions what has God done for you? Can you recall his mighty works in your life? Do you take the time to do that? Were their hearts filled with gratitude for God's rescue, bringing them out of Egypt and bringing them out of slavery, his miracles, his provision, his tender care for them? And those things are true for us as well. They are true in our lives. Are we being faithful? Are we remembering all that God has done? Are we grumbling and complaining? Are we turning our back and saying, where is the Lord? Well, let's continue in chapter two. Has a nation changed its gods, even though they are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Do we make decisions to change gods? Do we turn things, wood, stone, metal? What are our gods? Do we receive them? And do we, in fact, begin to worship false gods? Thou shalt have no other God before me, is what the Lord God Almighty commands they are not gods, those things, anything that it becomes an idol. In verse 12, be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. That whole idea of, of being ab- abandoned, um, empty and bare, and then going into verse 13, for my people have committed two evils, And that's where we want to camp right now. Those two evils, number one, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. 
And remember, back in verse 7 of this chapter, the Lord's message said, you turned my heritage, this promised land I brought you into, you've turned it into evil. You have turned your back on me. When we look up the definition for that word forsaken, it's to quit, to leave entirely that idea of abandoning that we would walk away from God. Would that not be true in our lives, that we would not forsake him. You know, God is offering, he's He's offering this bountiful land. He's brought them into the promised land, but they have to trust him. He is that source of that living water, which is that fresh, delightful, renewing what is it? It's a relationship that he offers. He says, and when you come to me, when you seek that relationship with me, it will be as a fountain of living water. You know, Jeremiah, even as he says, has any nation ever done, did this? The nations all around Israel had these false gods, and, and, and they were faithful to their false gods. And, and, and Jeremiah is saying, you guys have the real thing. You have the real deal. You have this delightful, it's like you have this spring right in front of you, all that you would need, and you're being unfaithful to God, to Yahweh, and those guys have false gods, and they're being more faithful to those false gods than you are. And that's why when he talks about this first evil, um, they've forsaken me when I'm like a fountain of living waters. And then it goes on. Now, let me tell you the second evil they've done. They hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. And, and agriculturally, a cistern is just this, this big tank or this big cave underground that they would take the water, the runoff water, when it rains, they would put it in the, in the, in the ground and they would plaster these walls. And then during the year, they could bring that water out usually not for good drinking water, but it was more you could water plants with it, but it was a an emergency reserve. Um, but here, Jeremiah is saying, when you forsake me and when you turn to yourself and you turn to these other gods, it's like you're working, working, working to build these cisterns, but they're broken cisterns. They have cracks in them. That's the evil. That's the evil that he's he's just railing at these people about. And even by doing that, Walt, they're settling. You know, they're settling for less than what God wants his children to have as they walk with him, right? Yeah, and and I think really as as we look, if we go through the whole prophet of Jeremiah and we read all that is going on, they're doing it their way. I mean, they're they're deciding. Yes, we we have this clear teaching from the Lord, but we're going to do it our way. So instead of walking faithfully with this one true God, this source of a fresh and abundant and refreshing water, you're turning your back on God, and you're turning yourself to these false gods that really can't satisfy. And when you get to this point, he then now says, let me remind you of your history. Remember going back, and this is verse 18. Now, what did you gain by going to Egypt to drink the waters of the Nile? And this is this remembering, hey, 800 years ago when Moses was there, they had the waters of the Nile. But you know what they also had in Egypt? They also had all these pagan gods. And and you want to go back to that? Or he goes on and he says, so what did you gain by going to Assyria to drink the waters of the Euphrates? That's back to the time of Abraham. 
and, and, and the Assyrians, the yeah, the waters of the Euphrates, it's there, and they're they're flowing by. But they also have these pagan gods. That's what God called Abraham out of to come to this land where they were to trust God to bring the rain from heaven. And continuing, the prophet Jeremiah says, "Your evil will chastise you. Your apostasy. Your turning from this one true God, that will reprove you. Know and see that evil is bitter." For you to forsake the Lord your God and the fear of me is not in you. Thus declares the Lord of hosts, the Lord of all the hosts of heaven. He's watching. He's watching that you're choosing to do something bitter and evil when you forsake God. And you're doing something bitter and evil when you're building your own cisterns and say, I'm going to do it my way. And that's why Jeremiah is telling the Jewish people that they will be taken into captivity by the Babylon. And that verse uh, earlier in the chapter says, have you not brought this upon yourself by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? He led you. He, you, he showed himself true to you. And now this captivity, it is coming, people. Jeremiah, that's, that's his weeping message, right? This is going to happen. You will be taken into captivity. And in fact, you have brought it on yourself because you have walked away from God. You've turned your back on him. And you know, we also consider 100 years earlier, the prophets Isaiah, Micah, Amos, and Hosea, they had warned the northern 10 tribes and the two southern tribes as well. And their message 100 years earlier was, get right with God. Get your walk in order with God. And in fact, Hosea writes at the end of his book, the very last verse, whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous will walk in them, but transgressors will stumble in them. And as I have reflected just on this one verse, my question to, to me today, and as Walt and I have talked about today's lesson and we share with you, am I being wise? Are you being wise? Am I truly listening to God's word as I read it? Am I listening to his voice? Am I following in his ways? Am I choosing the right path to walk? Because do I want to be wise and understand? Do I want to have discernment and know the ways of the, of the Lord? Yes. Yes, I truly do make the choice to walk in the righteous ways of the Lord. Father, we come before you today and we admit we, we so quickly run after those false gods and we turn our back on you. We forsake you each day. Because we walk in our own ways, we still struggle with that sin nature that's part, even though we've turned our hearts to you and we've come to you in a personal relationship. Lord, help keep our feet on the path of righteousness that we would walk with you faithfully each and every day. And Lord, we pray for our listeners today. And we ask that you would be watching over them, that you would be teaching them through your word, and that each of us would continue 
to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.